0: Shield about me You're my, glory.
1: You're the, of my
2: the scripture reading is from Jeremiah 23 verses 23 through 29. Let us listen to the Word of God. Am I a God nearby, says the Lord, and not a God far off? Who can hide in secret places so that I cannot see them, says the Lord? Do I not fill heaven and earth, says the Lord? I have heard what the prophets have said, who prophecy lies in my name, saying, I have dreamed, I have dreamed. How long? Will the hearts of the prophets ever turn back? Those who prophesy lies and who prophesy the deceit of their own heart? They plan to make my people forget my name by their dreams, and they tell one another, just as their ancestors forgot my name for Baal. Let the prophet who has a dream tell the dream, but let the one who has my word speak my word faithfully. What has straw in common with wheat? says the Lord. Is not my word like fire? says the Lord and like a hammer that breaks a rock in pieces? This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
0: Our gospel reading today comes from Luke chapter 12, beginning with the 49th verse. Let us listen to the word of God. I came to bring fire to the earth, and how I wish it were already kindled. I have a baptism with which to be baptized, and what stress I am under until it is completed. Do you think that I have come to bring peace to the earth? No, I tell you, but rather, division. From now on, five in one household will be divided. Three against two, and two against three, they will be divided. Father against son, and son against father, mother against daughter, and daughter against mother, mother mother-in-law against daughter-in-law, and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. He also said to the crowds, when you see a cloud rising in the west, you immediately say it is going to rain, and so it happens. And when you see the south wind blowing, you say there will be a scorching heat, and it happens. When You hypocrites, you know how to interpret the appearance of the earth and sky, but why do you not know how to interpret the present time? This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In light of today's gospel reading, I think it only implies we do one thing—that we play the few. Da na 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 na, you know. Da na 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 da na 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 na. So today's families are the Cav- Calvin family and the Knox family. We asked one hundred Presbyterians the following question. Top five answers are on the board. Who does Jesus bring peace to? The Gentiles. Gentiles, Romans, that's number four. Knox family? Disciples? Disciples, hey, hey, that's number two. And the Knox family has decided to play. We have three answers left on the board. We asked 100 Presbyterians, who does Jesus bring peace to? Democrats? Ah. Nope. Uh, okay, okay, okay. Let, you're up next. Who does Jesus bring peace to? Everyone. Everyone. That's right. Everyone is the number one answer. Now, you still have one chance. Last two answers are on the board. Otherwise, the Calvin family is waiting for the steal. Americans? Uh, who said that? <laughs> Now it's up to the Calvin family. Who does Jesus bring peace to? Nobody. Nobody. Hey, we're Calvins, and we believe humanity's totally depraved. Okay, nobody for the steal. Whoa, it's number five. Now, Family Feud is a fun show. And for the few folks still wondering what the third answer on the board is, I decided that 100 Presbyterians would say either children or Jesus, because in children's time, the answer is always Jesus. (laughs) Now the show isn't factual, it's just based on 100 random people's answers, right? It might be a fun game show, but real family feuds are nothing to laugh at. And our gospel lesson actually says that Jesus hasn't come to bring peace, but division. Family divided against the other, child against parent, parent against child, and not only that, but Jesus also says he's come to bring fire to the earth. Now this is where many of us might be a little confused. For anyone who knows scripture or the words to Handel's Messiah, for unto us a child is born and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. But today, Jesus burst the bubble we have of God's kingdom. He's not here to bring peace. But he's here to bring division. He's not here to bring sunshine and rainbows, but fire. Now, I don't know about you, but that's not the kind of message I need right now. One scholar says, it's this, it, says it this way, Heartburn, Jesus, isn't a country song, but it might be the title of this week's sermon. It seems like that's how we live this, these days, a little bit of heartburn. The AXOS, Two American Index, tracks areas of division and unity in the nation. The index now shows that more Americans than before take into consideration politics before moving to another state. More than half of those considering a move to a new state report that the new state's politics and cultural ideologies influence their decision. Many of both Democrats and Republicans say that they have considered moving to a state that better reflects their personal politics. Divisions of Congress are mirrored in America's circle of friends. About 60% of both Republican and Democrats uh, report having few, if any, friends from different political parties. NBC analysts remarked, the numbers suggest that there is no quick cure-all for the political discord in Washington. Divides are sharp and real and to some extent bubbling up from the electorate. And we know that our world isn't just divided politically these days, it's divided generationally, religiously, financially. It's the very world we live in, and I wish it were different, but it's not. So when we come to church, most of us hope to escape this reality, don't we? Yet today we discover Jesus not only gives those back then a reality check, there's no escaping today to a peace-filled bliss. His message is actually surprisingly relevant for us too, a people who are steeped in division. Now, did Jesus bring division? Was that his mission Did he intentionally want to set families against themselves? If we notice what is happening in our gospel, we discover his very purpose is to bring about the kingdom of God. Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem. He's hyper-focused on this mission. He's healing people. He's discipling folks. He's sharing the good news of the kingdom of God, and he's ushering in God's kingdom. He discovers that most folks around him aren't ready for it. They can't handle it. His disciples have lots of questions. Religious leaders are conflicted and push against it any way they can. Some don't understand it, while others are completely enamored. So even though Jesus brings about God's kingdom to a world who desperately needs it, God's kingdom is creating a shift, and it's causing difficult growing pains. And he's in the midst of it. One pastor says it this way, it is not Jesus' purpose to set children against their parents or parents against their children, but to recall that this sort of rupture can be the result of the changes engendered by Christ's work. Jesus isn't actually setting out to bring division, but as he ushers in this kingdom of God, he's simply witnessing that folks can't handle the change that it brings. So, while Jesus is ushering in the kingdom of God, which brings a change that sparks division, that change, he also says, can spark something else. Fire. Did you catch the wordplay? The change that sparks something else? Pretty good there, huh? (laughs) For the three people, right? Fire actually serves as a great metaphor for God's kingdom coming, because major change can bring both destruction as well as purification, just like fire. Both Jesus and Jeremiah use fire as, an exa- as a symbol for purifying the world, for ending an old system and beginning a new way. Dr. J. Banzel had a similar experience with an actual fire in a past wildfire season in California in 2017. He recalls that it all started when a neighbor banged on their door and yelled that the neighborhood was on fire. He and his wife and two children at 1.16 in the morning jumped in the car and fled with no time to pack anything, and thus began a long and strange night, followed by several long and strange months, significance of which I am only now beginning to unpack. Watching the progress of the fire on the news, he assumed that both their home and his medical office had been destroyed, and it took more than three weeks to be able to enter the area again. Dr. Banzel says, a few weeks later, when the New York Times reported on the progress of the racing inferno, we learned that our house had likely burned down completely around 1:30 to 145 that first night. Just minutes after we received that knock on our door from a mysterious stranger, the knock that potentially saved our lives. We also learned later that it was fortunate we had turned left rather than right after driving out of our cul de sac. Had we turned right, we might have run into the rapidly racing wall of flames that was approaching from many sides. And the fire was an incredible gift. It is humbling and mind-boggling to think of all that we received that night, the gift of life. A stranger had miraculously wandered amid the heat of raging flames into an isolated cul-de-sac that was easy to miss because it had a different elevation from the main street. We have since found out that none of our neighbors in the cul-de-sac were home that weekend, and we have not been able to identify our good Samaritan. Because of the speed of the fire, the city had not yet issued an evacuation order. Sounding like a prophet, Dr. Banzel says this Fire is a powerful and destructive force, as well as potentially purifying and healing force in just about all spiritual traditions. It is up to each person whether to treat fire's destruction as a tragic loss or as an opportunity for transformation and healing. In the fire's aftermath, I saw up-close examples of both. People mourning and nearly broken apart by the loss of their material possessions, and people humbled and broken open by the opportunity to purify and lighten. For me, it has become a source of positive energy and transformation. I am grateful to be alive and healthy. I am grateful for the generous, selfless spirit of a stranger, and I am grateful for the opportunity for a new life. To clear the rubble, let go and purify all the things and all the ways of being and seeing that in the end, do not serve me or others. Now, as much as we struggle these days, as much as we yearn to escape our present reality, especially when we come to church, Jesus tells us not to be surprised by conflict and the fiery truth. The story helps to remind us that God's kingdom can turn disaster into something that's life-giving. Jesus even recognizes how hard it is, fire and division. It's hard for him. It's hard for his disciples. It's hard for all of us. Yet Jesus doesn't relent in bringing about God's kingdom because we all so desperately need Life. Now, as we come to a close, it's time to play Fast Money, the last round of Family Feud. Da-na-na, na-na-na, da-na-na, na na We've been watching this show quite frequently at our house. Da-na-na-na, na na Okay, top answers are on the board. 20 seconds to complete the round. Are you Ready? Who does Jesus bring peace for? Me. No, no. Everyone. What does Jesus bring about? God's kingdom. And why does God's kingdom bring division? Change? Why do we need God's kingdom? Change. The the world needs to change. And what does fire lead to? Life. Life. I'm sure you got all the number one answers. Wait, wait, huh? None of those answers were up there, but I knew you were right. We know that Christ's ushering in God's kingdom isn't popular, but our world needs it. We need it. To refine us, to clear the rubble, we need that challenge to let go and Purify all the things and all the ways of being and seeing that in the end do not serve me or others. God's kingdom can turn division, can turn disaster into life. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the
1: Holy Spirit. Amen. If you found this podcast inspirational and would like to support the First Love Ministry programs at First Presbyterian Church, Please send any contributions to First Presbyterian Church at 870 West College, Jacksonville, Illinois. Our zip code is 62650. Our phone is 217-245-4189. You can contact our secretary there between the hours of 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday. Our email is office at firstpresjax.org. That's office at F I R S T P R E S J A X dot O R G. Masks are now optional anywhere in the church. Our in person church services start at 10 a.m. on Sunday. Access to our online church service. Starts at 9.55 a.m. You can listen to these live services on our Facebook page, which is www.facebook.com slash first, F-I-R-S-T, P-R-E-S, jacks You can join our Facebook group called first vegetarians with a purpose. We have a choir that meets from 7 to 8 p.m. every Thursday night and we welcome all who are willing to sing. We look forward to hearing from you either by email, mail, or phone. God bless and may you have a peaceful and safe year.